Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everyone. This is Baseball is Good. My name is Corey Englehart. I'm the host. My guest tonight has, um, I'm working on getting him logged in so we can start the show with him. Uh, my guest tonight is John Bonus. Uh, if you've listened to podcasts about the Twins or baseball in general in the Twin Cities, you know his name. He is one half of Cleman and the Geek. And he is also one of the main owners of TwinsDaily.com. I'm excited to chat with him about both of those <laughs> ventures that he is on and um, some of the other work that he does in and around the city and also his um, kind of baseball past and, and where he's from and and what he kind of does on a daily basis. And I'm, I'm excited to do that. So. I'm just waiting for him to get uh, logged in and we can start the show on that end. Um, otherwise, I don't have a lot of updates personally to shout out before before that happens. Uh, not much has really happened in the baseball world over the last week or two weeks, especially for the Twins in terms of major league signings. Lots of rumors and innuendo and... Um, talks apparently ongoing with the team and with some major league free agents um, but not a lot going on as far as actual concrete signings sorry one second here here um, yeah so uh, my hope is that something can happen in the meantime. There was a story today out about how Major League Baseball Players Association are putting together a free agent spring training camp in Bradenton, Florida, and basically all agents are on board for it and all players are on board for it outside of Scott Boris and his players he represents to hopefully have the players be in a spring training type setting prior to uh, during the same time that spring training is happening. So we'll see what happens there in terms of maybe across baseball free agents actually signing with people, signing with teams, or um, what's going to happen on that end. Um, yeah, it's interesting. This this offseason is just unique in so many ways. And uh, I don't really know how to parcel it all together in terms of what is going to happen if the agents are actually assigned and want to be with teams prior to pitchers and catchers reporting about a week from now or or if they're going to hold out for uh, more money and more years come March, April, May. I guess we don't really know. It's just uncharted territory compared to past off-seasons. So who knows what, what will take place. But... Um, I guess we'll just see what the future holds. It certainly looks like twins in particular are inching towards signing or acquiring at least a starting pitcher, but we don't know who that is going to be. And hopefully whoever they get can be an upgrade on what they currently have after Barrios and the rotation, but we'll see what happens. Here, one moment. I'm, I'm trying to contact again, and I'm uh, just hold on one moment. Just sending one more notice here for a request. 
Yeah. Um, I don't know if I have a lot. Of, I don't have a lot of other news. Uh, Baseball-wise, it certainly seems like there's a chance that the Twins are still shooting for potentially you Darvish to sign with them, and that would be the hope on my end that they would try to acquire who is the greatest free agent available in this free agent off-season period as far as pitching goes. He's the guy I was, I've wanted all off-season, and not having to give up anything other than money is certainly ideal compared to trading prospects or, or losing draft picks to sign other players. But uh, I guess we'll see what that uh, – I feel like that topic has kind of been talked about m- more than it's kind of uh, played out until a decision actually happens. And uh, there's only so much you can talk about a player without a decision actually happening or, or something coming to fruition. So I I, I don't really want to go down that road much, much longer uh, for um, just the sake, just the fact that there's not really anything more to talk about um, in terms of potentially the twin sending him or somebody else. Every single rock has been overturned and and talked about in terms of potential starters, and I think everybody's just kind of waiting for something, a decision to actually happen with one or more of the free agents or potential trades, and without any. Uh, actual news happening. It's it's. There's not really more to talk about on the free agent front, and uh, I gotta say it's. I don't know if bored is the right term, but I'm just. There's. A, I'm waiting for something to happen, and there's there's not much else to talk about beyond that point. Um, in terms of acquiring a starting pitcher or other players for for a twin fan, and as far as they're concerned. Um, but the off season as a whole is really fascinating just because there's so much that has not happened that typically by this time of the calendar year has happened in basically every past season since free agency has been a thing. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know what to add in that regard. Um, I do have some questions ready for John. We'll see when he's able to log in and, uh, ready with questions. If if you have them, please send them to me either through Twitter, and my Twitter is ENGE0280, or um, the chat room is open with the link I sent out. You're, you're free to sign in there and um, send me questions that way. So we'll see, see what happens when he logs in and we can um, get that conversation started on his end. Um, let's see here. I'm trying to follow Twitter otherwise since he's not logged in yet. Um, I'm not seeing a lot of other specific baseball news. There's plenty of there's been plenty of trades today in the NBA. And it looks, certainly looks like the Vikings have sent a new offensive coordinator and I'm not really a self admitted football fan necessarily. But it's fun to hear news and for that I'm jealous in terms of being a baseball fan or not so uh, it's fun to read about the news and the changes and the updates with the other local sports teams and even across sports it's fun to read when changes happen but um, I, I, I as this is a baseball podcast baseball specific podcast and baseball general podcast it's not necessarily something that um, I want to spend a lot of time talking about either 
um, outside of just baseball scores and baseball information and baseball news. And um, because there's not a lot of other major league off-season signings happening, it's hard to, um, for me at least personally, get very excited over other sports when I only have so much time and bandwidth to be able to push towards <laughs> my actual joy here in terms of the sport of baseball. Um, we'll see. And I still don't see that he's logged in. Maybe we're having issues and I, um, here we go. He's calling in now, it seems like, and, um, hopefully soon we can get this. I'm, I'm excited to chat with John. So one last time, um, once he gets logged in here, John bonus is one half of Gleeman and the geek. And he also is one of the main starters, owners, um, main people with twinsdaily.com. And I'm sorry, I'm, I'm really excited to chat with him about what he does and, and what the future holds for both of those um, avenues for what he does. So uh, once he gets logged in, I'm going to get the show started right away. And, and if anybody has questions, just let me know. But uh, otherwise, yeah, I, I don't have a lot of other updates personally. Um, work is work, and uh, my my three-year-old boys, I've kind of mentioned them before, we're starting to go through the process of, um, oh, I see that John is logged in now. So everybody, uh, John Bonus is my guest, and I'm going to get the show started with him, and we'll go from there. Hi, Corey. John, I am so there? sorry I am late. Yes, I'm so it's sorry right. I'm late. Yeah, don't uh, sweat it. It's no problem. I know you have a lot going on anyway. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, that's no good excuse. But, yes, I should have set an alarm or something. I just well, suddenly looked at the phone. It was 838. I was like, ah! So, right. <laughs> so, good. Well, I, 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 uh, I gave you... Uh, an introduction that probably doesn't doesn't paint the whole picture, but um, why don't you, for anybody who doesn't know who you are, describe who who you are, John Bonus, and then we can get the show started. Uh, well, I'm. Uh, <laughs> who am I? I'm a husband. I'm a father. Uh, I've got a business consulting uh, 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 business that I do, and uh, I also founded. Uh, I've, I've been writing about the twins underneath the pseudonym Twins Geek for a while. Uh, started mm-hmm. up a website with Twins called Twins Daily with uh, four other guys, and then uh, started up a sure. podcast called Gleeman and the Geek with uh, Aaron Gleeman uh, a while back. So that, I think that about summarizes it. Yeah, that's awesome. So I, I, my first question then for you, uh, there's so many things you touched on, but like, I didn't. What what does your consulting entail? I guess that's one thing I'm not aware of. What you really do is public space. Well, that's what that's what pays the bills. Uh, About 19, I I started out as an IT guy doing uh, developing, and then eventually project management and such. And I became a I started my own consulting business in 19. I basically went independent in 1996, and so I go into companies and help them solve their problems or install their software or develop and implement uh, new solutions when they have things that uh, need to get done and they don't want to, um, they don't want to invest in an employee in it yet, or they can't find the right employee, then they'll hire me on. So like right now I am, uh, I am working with a major medical insurance company, helping them uh, in the area that 
uh, tries to detect fraudulent claims uh, uh, oh, wow. for uh, fraudulent doctor's claims and, uh, and quantify okay. how many fraudulent doctor claims they find. So. Yeah, that's that's really cool. I, I mean, I'm assuming you enjoy the work that you do. <laughs> that pays the bills. I do. Uh, I, <laughs> yeah, I do. I do enjoy it. I've been doing it for a long time. Uh, it's a lot of problem solving, and um, I I like problem solving. I find myself I, I've kind of stepped away from the management piece of it, the project management piece of it. I, I usually come in now as an analyst or. Uh, senior senior analyst or, or maybe a, a light developer and uh, and try and help out companies as opposed to trying to manage teams or projects. I don't enjoy that as much. I don't find myself <laughs> as excited about doing that as I do about just diving in and organizing something and straightening it out and solving problems. So. Sure. Well, I, I wanted to ask, so where, where are you from originally? I know you, you've talked about your your wife being from Philadelphia. Where where are you from originally? Where did you grow up? And and um, I'll follow that up with a second question at that point. Sure. I grew up near Minnehaha Falls until uh, I was about 12 years old, and then they closed my elementary school, and we moved to Bloomington. Uh, so I went okay. to Jefferson for high school. I went to uh, Carleton College in Northfield, and uh, for for college, and then uh, spent my first couple of years here in Minneapolis uh, doing, uh, working with Anderson Consulting and then uh, moved to Philadelphia to court a young lady I had met and uh, we got <laughs> married and then moved back here in 1996 or 1995, I guess. Well, congrats on that. That's pretty great. <laughs> yeah, that worked, it, worked, it worked out okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, so I've, I've kind of mentioned it uh, just online when you and I have chatted. My, my sister and her fiancé went to Carleton and my wife actually went to the same high school that your son goes to Southwest. So we're kind of, oh, uh, I'm kind of living in the same area that, that you grew up in apparently right now, which is interesting. So, okay. Yeah. I grew yeah, up, uh, but, uh, I, I mean, I, I probably spent my entire summer of fifth grade uh, running around the, the woods of Minnehaha Falls, running up and down Minnehaha Creek to the Mississippi river and such. It was a, it's a fun, fun, uh, fun area to, to grow up in. Yeah, no, no doubt. I'm actually living currently with my mother-in-law, which is about, you know, six blocks from Minnehaha Falls. It's not the worst area to live in, I can't imagine. <laughs> no, yeah, it's great. Yeah, so I, you mentioned Carleton, so I actually uh, tried to do a little research um, about uh, extracurricular or intramural type events that are specific to Carleton. Uh, asking my sister and her <laughs> okay. fiance, and I wanted to—I wanted to know. They—they they said there were two things that were Carlton specific that Carlton uh, former alumni would be aware of, and I wanted to get your thoughts on either something called Rotblatt or what is Schiller. Rotblatt? Yeah, what is Rotblatt? Yeah, uh, one is Rotblatt, <laughs> and then there's Schiller. Okay, yeah. So yeah. Uh, Rotblatt is um, Rotblatt is softball only with three mm -hmm. major rule changes. And uh, rule number one is you can't strike out or walk. So the whole point is you just stand up there and take – so the whole point is the pitcher is trying to get you to hit the ball, put the ball in play, right? Mm -hmm. uh, the second one is uh, if you hit a beer in the field, you're out. Oof. So they're encouraging the fielders to have a beer <laughs> at all times and, and, and within reach. And then, sure. uh, and then the third one is that um, – 
if there's ever a tie at a base, you chug to decide uh, who, who, whether or not it was a, a dispute, who, who is the disputed call. So uh, it was a, it's a uh, riot. It is a, they have, I think they still probably do this. Um, I'm not sure. When I was there, they did this. They had a ga- They have one day where they have a game that is as many innings long as Carlton has been in existence, which I think was 120 when I was there 30 years ago. So that was probably up to 150. Mm-hmm. And, and what they count as an inning is probably a little bit, uh, a little bit uh, lax. Uh, but but the but the point is that they start at 4:30 in the morning. They play play this game all day, uh, in addition mm-hmm. to having a league. Uh, I was one of my favorite activities. Yeah, I love. Sure. I love. There's nothing I enjoy. Uh, spring in Minnesota with a, a beer in beer in the hand, uh, maybe laying down <laughs> in the outfield and, and waiting for a ball to be hit my direction. Uh, and then Schiller is a, I think, uh, it is still, it was a statue that uh, is carried around mm-hmm. uh, campus, stolen, and somebody gets mm-hmm. possession of it and and then brings it out and parades it around and everybody tries to steal it from them as well. It's kind of like, uh, you remember that game, like kill the guy with the ball. It's mm-hmm. sort of a campus wide only with a statue that's been broken, the plaster statue that's been broken more times than, than one can count. So. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, uh, so my sister's fiance, he and my sister both graduated in, I believe, Oh three or Oh four from Carlton. And that's basically how they described it. Um, to me, okay, and they were curious if you remember those games too. So yeah, no surprises there. I I I am not a Carlton grad, so I can't back that up. But that's how they described it, and they figured you would appreciate hearing other people talk about those events too. <laughs> yeah, I did. It was, a, it was a fun. I really, you know, when I first went there, I uh, wasn't as happy as I thought I was going to be, and I almost I thought a lot about not about transferring my freshman year, but then spring came okay. and I got happy and I, I stayed there. I was very, had a, I, I was really glad I had stayed and I was really glad for the experience. It was a good experience. So. Sure. What, what did you, what did you major in when you were there? What did you go to school for? Well, I was originally going to be, I thought I was going to be a physics major and then I took physics 101. <laughs> I went, well, this sucks. <laughs> a lot of time in lab and I didn't <laughs> much like that. Uh, and I didn't do particularly well either. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> Uh, so then I, I I really liked being – I was either going to be a math or a Russian major, and uh, I decided to be a math major. I was pretty sure I wanted to be a math major, and then I studied Russian in the Soviet Union and um, and decided, you know, I, I like studying it, but I don't didn't want it to be my life. I didn't, I didn't, <laughs> you know, but, math, but math I really liked, so I stayed with math. Sure. Well, yeah, and I, I find that interesting, like hearing what people did for school. Like my sister – uh, has a history major from Carleton and she is in fashion and has been in fashion her entire life after that point. So it's not necessarily <laughs> what you did in college. That means what you're going to go to after college, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, that's right. I mean, I, I actually, my roommate was going to be a history major and kind of talked himself out of it because he kind of talked himself out of it. It's not a particularly useful major or such. And, uh, <laughs> ultimately, I mean, I've got kids right now who are going to college and, um, and what we tell them, and what both my wife and I have told them, is neither of us ended up majoring in what we wanted to major or what we planned on majoring in, and um, and uh, don't don't do something you don't want to do because this is your chance to figure mm-hmm. out what you want to do. And, and, and frankly, it's it's good practice to try to figure out what you want to do. Uh, 
the rest of your life, that becomes an important skill. So this is a good time to, to get practice practice that skill. Sure. And, and frankly, when you come out, especially when you come out of a liberal arts college, it's not like you come out with anything useful anyway. I mean, either you do come out with <laughs> what, an economics degree or something like that. You either have to go to more school, like if you're pre-med, you know, you either have to go to more school or you have to just get lucky in the job force and find something that you like. So. Sure, or at least enough that pays the bills, <laughs> I would imagine. Right, that's right. Yeah, that's, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Pay back the sure. debt. <laughs> I understand. Well, yeah, I, I, I wanted to ask, so the, the, the main question and why I started doing the podcast that I do is um, why baseball? Like, why why did you learn to love the sport of baseball when you were a kid? <laughs> uh, you know, I don't know. Um I kind of think baseball chose me more than I picked baseball. Uh, I was a, okay. I, I just loved listening to games when I was a kid. Um, I, I, I uh, ultimately, when I started blogging, when I started writing about baseball, what I was trying to do was, um, I was actually trying to test out some software, which turns out to be blog software. I was developing some software. It turns out somebody already beat me to it. It was called Blogger and it just started up, right? But I was, you know, mm-hmm. basically just trying to see what would happen if I tried to write every day about something. I was gonna, and I thought, well, I'll write about my life. Like, my life's interesting. I got, you know, a four-year-old and a two-year-old and a wife and business and this sort of thing. Like, I've got things to think about to say. And instead, I would sit down every day and I'd be like, I don't know what I want to write about. I said, but I sure want to talk about that about the twin signing David West as a reliever. I, you know, that, mm-hmm. I analyze that, and so ultimately, I just kept every day I'd sit down and I'd be like, "What am I going to write about?" I said, well, I really want to write about baseball, and so that's what I kept writing about. And pretty soon I quit. Pretty soon I decided, well, if I'm going to, if I'm just going to keep writing about baseball, I might as well get a URL, and I got the URL Twins Geek. So, sure. Well, and and. Was there like a, a focus a, after you decided to take the Twins Geek name and, and write about baseball? Was it a specific focus of what you tried to uh, achieve, I guess? Or, or was there a, a mindset or a goal that you initially started off with? Or was it just more like, for me, I like doing this just as like a, a release from from real life, I, I guess. Was there, was there a goal in mind when you started doing what you do? Uh, I'd say the goal was the goal sort of was that there were all these there was all these new things kind of coming out about baseball. I mean, this was 2001, right? So it was still mm-hmm. things like OPS were, were were fairly new concepts to a lot of people, and uh, you know, mm-hmm. war was just getting started. A bunch of stuff like that was, you know, and it was sort of um, the thought process was sort of you know, there's all this cool analytical stuff going on, and nobody's writing about it. And would it be? And, and part of that is because, or other than say, the baseball perspective, no local teams were writing about it, right? And mm-hmm. so the um, thought process was: what if you just started applying some of this stuff to? What if you used local teams to illustrate some of the concepts that are out there that people are talking about in the in sort of the niche fringe society of sabermetrics, but weren't being talked about in terms of the overall local coverage of the team. And so that's kind of how it started. Like I, I really wanted to, I really wanted to use the twins as a device to sort of educate people about some of the other things that were going on out there. 
Sure, and that, that makes total sense. And and I know I appreciated your writing and Aaron's and Seth's. Like a lot of the, the individual writers that became Twin Daily, I I was in college around that time, and it certainly helped me to learn about the sport of baseball in a different way, rather than just collecting cards as a as a thirteen year old years prior. So <laughs> I appreciated right, right. that you did that, but yeah, I don't I don't. I don't know that I would have found the outlet to learn about the sport I did without uh, people like you doing what you found joy with. Yeah, well, it's, it's nice to hear. I mean, it is sort of the, the point. Is I, I mean, I think if you're going to do this, if you're going to write every day, you're not I, – I have a lot of people approach me about writing on Twins Daily because they think they want to write about – they want to be a, because they want to become a sports writer. There's, mm-hmm. And almost never they they almost never really stick around to do much. Um, mm-hmm. and I sometimes don't even get a, a, even a single submission. Um, there's a difference between wanting to be a writer and just being driven to write, being driven to share. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I think you know you mentioned Seth. I think Seth is driven to share about the minor leagues. Mm-hmm. You know he it's not it's not just that he loves studying the minor leagues. It's that he wants to share the minor leagues with everybody all the time. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think that's, I, I think you know Nick is, is is like that with the twins, and I think you know Parker is like that with uh, mechanics and and some of the deeper aspects of of, uh, of playing baseball, and I think you know, I think I've I've been like that with with sabermetrics. Uh, so I, I think that in general that's a and I think Aaron's like that with sabermetrics. Um, and so yeah, I, I that's that's uh, rewarding to hear that that's. That that's having an effect. Uh, I I used to say all the time, like I did not start writing Twins Geek because I wanted to be a baseball writer. I started writing Twins Geek because I wanted to read baseball writing, like like I could do. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I, I wanted to be a reader, so I would do it to demonstrate to everybody. Hey, you know, you can write like this instead. It doesn't have to be a doesn't have to follow the game story template. You know, with you know, let's get some quotes and throw them in here, and let's have a lead paragraph, and let's have, uh, you know, uh, uh, a couple of paragraphs on the actual game. Uh, uh, what if we just threw that template out the window? We just wrote, you know, about wrote a game story in an entirely different way, and we talked instead about how Brian Dozier's defense compares to everybody else's defense in the American League, or something like that. You know, like you, there's a lot of things ways you can write this. It doesn't have to be just the way we've been doing about it for the last 40 years. Sure. Well, so I, I've heard a few different versions of how Twins Daily became Twins Daily. How, how did you get kind of roped in or involved with uh, the people that, that kind of created that site uh, at the start? Yeah, we um, – let's see, how did it start? Well, I mean, it started really – I got roped in with them several years before Twins Daily. Um, mm-hmm. Parker, Nick, and Seth and I, oh, we were out at a baseball game. Uh, it was Anthony Swarzak's first major league start. I remember that much. <laughs> <laughs> I had to go look it up. And um, and we um, went to a bar afterwards, and we did what all bloggers do when they get together. We complained about how none of us made any money. And... Um, mm-hmm. And how we and we weren't sure how much longer we were going to be able to do it, and we just kind of said, "What if we kind of came together and wrote, wrote some books or something?" You know, and so we kicked around that idea in some emails. Um, that's when we first wrote. First thing we ever wrote together was the, a, a trade deadline primer, 
during the trade deadline season, sort of like who mm-hmm. the Twins could trade for, who the Twins couldn't trade for, sort of a, a little deeper dive into some of that stuff. And, uh, I don't know, we sold 60 copies or something like that, got all excited. <laughs> and then we did an <laughs> off-season handbook, and we did a couple of different things like that together, including the Star Tribune blog, uh, and then also mm-hmm. a, a, a book called That's the... Right. Um, the what was the what was the name of the Maple Pre- Maple Street Press uh, Twins preseason preview? We wrote that stuff together too. That was 144 pages or something like that that we put together. Sure. Um, and then finally, we had been doing a bunch of stuff together, and we were approached by Fox Sports, and they said that they at the time owned Scout uh, Scout dot com. I don't think they own it anymore. Mm-hmm. And um, and they they said to us, would you like to take over the Twins site of Scout.com, the four of you, and you'll make some money because you're going to have to you're going to have to turn it into some subscriptions. We're going to have a paywall, so you can put some stuff out in front of the paywall, but some stuff behind the paywall, and you know that's sort of our business model. And we talked about it a lot, and I thought we were going to do it, and then the more we thought about it, the more we kind of felt uneasy about the whole paywall sort of thing, and then. Mm-hmm. We started talking about it amongst ourselves and thought, you know, maybe we can just make money for, enough money from advertising to sort of keep our keep us interested. And um, uh, talked to a talked to a guy who ran Gopher Hole, which is another website that's kind of like that. And he kind of sure. laid out the business plan for me, and I said, well, we can do that. So I told the guys if I, I think I could if I can find some software to do it, I'll do it. I'll create the site. And so uh, I did, and um, and then we started working on it, and uh, we all loved the idea, so we we did it. And um, and then after about six months, I think we uh, we brought Brock on board because the software I created was taking up too much time of my time. I couldn't concentrate on either writing or the business. I was just trying to work <laughs> on tech stuff, and I I didn't, I didn't it was beyond what I really knew, and uh, and. Plus, Brock had a lot of experience with moderating forums, and uh, we had a forum that was really taking off. So um, we brought Brock in, and, uh, and that's the way it's been. That's awesome. So I, I, just as you were saying that, I Googled Scout.com, and Wikipedia says that it was uh, sold to from Fox Sports to North American Membership Group, which later rebranded as Scout Media, and then they filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy in December of 16, and then CBS bought it. So CBS apparently owns that now. I don't know if you were yeah, curious right. about that. You know, <laughs> so. you know, I actually know a guy who kind of got it. I think he was working for the company that bought Scout from Fox Sports okay. at one point, and he talked a little bit about about how the leadership and management sort of uh, <clears throat> sort of messed that all up. So, yeah, it worked out just fine yeah. that we – we didn't stick around on that. Sure. That's a bummer for them, but it works out fine for you. <laughs> and yes, all of right. us who are fans. <laughs> yes. Well, yeah, so it's kind of a follow-up. One of the uh, posts that you had uh, a few months ago, I don't remember exactly when, maybe it's even more than a few months, on Twins Daily is uh, you kind of threw it out there to everybody who is a fan of the site what they view as the future of the site. And I was curious if, if there are like ongoing conversations of what the future holds maybe for twins daily, because I'm a, I'm a regular fan and a daily reader and I'm, 
I want to participate more as much as I can, and I'm just curious what what the thought is for what the next five years holds for a site like Twins Daily does. Well, that's a good if there that's are a good question. You got good timing on that. I just worked on a um, I worked on a three to five year plan today um, at a very high level, but at least something of what we're going to do. But the the more immediate need is you know that that email that that story I put out there was a lot about how. I really feel like part of the point of Twins Daily was to to develop additional writers beyond sort of the four of us. That was sort of the initial point of the four of us trying to figure out how to make money. It wasn't to figure out how to how make money for us. It was how to figure out how to make money for, for bloggers in general. Like, let's find some things that make money and let people know mm-hmm. that these work, you know. Um, and so and Twins Daily was one of those attempts. And... Um, and you know, within within the within the site, one one of the goals was to help develop independent writers. And you know, when we've done a little bit of that, um, I've never really been satisfied with what we've done up to this point. And I know, frankly, sometimes and in some cases, we really let people down. And it's what sort of thing that really makes me angry uh, at myself more than anybody. Um, and so I think within the next, I would like to say as early as next week, but frankly, I've got to get some ducks in a row to be able to get that in place. But uh, within the next couple of weeks, I think we're going to be trying to sort of uh, try to sort of launch some campaigns to develop more independent writers and to have the community sort of support those independent writers uh, as sure. best we can. And, and in that way, sort of grow the community of writers and grow the community of readers and grow the variety of the content and the ideas and the, the sharing that can happen. And I, I'm really, I'm very optimistic uh, that, uh, that both, I, I know we have a number of writers that are real interested and I know, I think we've got a community that's really interested in supporting that. And I think we're all going to work together to try and try and make that happen. Yeah, that'd be great. I, I know I'm interested in being a part somehow. I don't I don't know necessarily what the future holds, but I um, I'm ex- I'm still a daily checker of the website, if not multiple times a day, and I'm I'm excited to see what the future holds because I I can't imagine it will be a negative thing. I know you're you said you were mad about some of the ways things have happened, and I don't know details on that either but like i i no, no, I, I just mean sort of like we've encouraged writers we've encouraged writers to submit things and then i know that people have you know put them something on the blogs and they want it and you know they really poured themselves into it sometimes it was real quality content and basically you know our part of the bargain was if you put good stuff on the blogs we'll promote it to the front page but that only happens if we've got time to read through all the blogs and pro- promote things to the front page and sometimes we haven't had that sure. time or sometimes and and I just feel like we let people, you know, I know people invest their, they take, they not only invest time and effort in that, there's also a personal risk that you take when you come up with an idea and put it out there and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and, and and take the risk of putting something out in public. And when it just falls into the void and you don't hear from the people you thought you were going to hear from, that's a painful feeling. Um, and I know that painful feeling because I shouted in the void for months uh, <laughs> when the Twins Geek 
first started. You know, you'd get 10 or 15 people stopping by to read it, maybe. Mm-hmm. You know, and you didn't know how many of them were real, or you know, you weren't getting any comments. You didn't. Uh, you'd, you'd take a look at the traffic. You'd get 15 page views, and you'd wonder how many of them were were spiders. You know, <laughs> yeah, or how mm-hmm. many if there were any real people out there at all that were reading it. Yeah. Um, sure. And that, and that's the sort of thing that um, you know you just keep plugging and keep working on it, and you keep thinking to yourself, you know, I'm I know I'm doing good stuff. I just I just wish somebody else would find it. It's nice to get an mm-hmm. affirmation of that occasionally. So that's what makes me angry is when I when I find something and I say, geez, why didn't we promote this? This was good, and uh, we just didn't see it, you know. Or so you know, there were the, you know, there are enough people. We've got a big enough community now that people do find blogs, and they do read the blogs, they do read the, and they do leave comments and such. But those aren't always the people that can promote it to the front page where everybody finds it. And um, and I I'm always when I say I'm getting angry, when I get angry and stuff, that's the sort I'm talking about. I'm talking about not following through on sort of the commitment we want to make to our own independent writers. So. Okay. Well, I'm I'm not affiliated, obviously, and I'm I'm not anybody really in the grand scheme of things. But if I'm an enthusiastic <laughs> neither, supporter neither of the work that you do, <laughs> well, no, I'm just saying if, if there's anything I can do, uh, please let me know. I want to be a part of the community and help in any cool. possible way. Well, I hope you'll be. I hope you're putting. I hope you're putting your podcast links up on the uh, in the forum. Do you do? Do you put your podcast links up? In yeah. The forum? No, I, I do that okay, every good. every week, okay. and I, I I think in a lot of ways I do the podcast just because, like I said, I I want to release from real life for an hour a week or so. Sure. But sure. if there's a way to do more than that, I I want to uh, look into that too, and and I'd like to okay. eventually start writing more. I just. I have three-year-old twins, and they get in the way of a lot of energy and time that I have outside of work, <laughs> yes. work hours. But I hear you. I, I also hear that, 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 that about the about the age of three years old, you know, you're still getting them to bed early enough that you can sit down once a week and do a podcast at eight thirty at night. Yeah. So I, I, that, that, that's exactly forward. the time that I started writing. Actually, was uh-huh. when I was uh, when I had a. A two-year-old and a four-year-old that were going to bed at eight o'clock every night. So, sure, and yeah, they're they're still at the point where they're usually not making a lot of noise by about eight thirty, and they're right. not uh, waking up more than three times in the middle of the night. So I I appreciate right. that, right. but someday it might get a little easier. Who knows? <laughs> well, yeah. So I I had a few questions too about uh, your your work with your podcast that basically if, if anyone's a, a sports fan or a, a baseball fan in and around the upper Midwest knows of you because of Gleeman and the geek, I think in a lot of ways. And I was, I was curious, like you're starting on that and maybe what your goals were six years ago when you started and what, what like the future holds for, for that show. I think this, I think both Aaron and my goal at the beginning was similar to our goal when we were writing. You know, we were frustrated by the sports writing that was going on, and we thought, you know, you could incorporate, you can do a deeper dive into this baseball thing than people are doing and really do some analysis and do some numbers talk and stuff and still make it entertaining. It's possible. Why isn't anybody doing it? Well, we kind of thought the same thing about about baseball radio. Uh, or local baseball radio. You know, we listen to 
people talk about the local baseball team and we were frustrated with the level of discourse that was going on or the, the talk that was passing as, as uh, sports sports or was passing for coverage on them. It was all, it seemed like it was, you know, very superficial sort of boom hour, yay mauer uh, <laughs> stuff as opposed to kind of really diving into, you know, roster moves that were happening or, you know, bullpen usage or, you know, uh, all kinds of you know free agent possibilities, waiver wire plans. I mean, all kinds of things that that you know people didn't seem to really want to talk about at a at a detailed level. And one night we were at a um, we another again this happened started up in a bar, Corey. Just, just like when Jim Centric did way back. Cheers to that. Uh, we were at a we, we were yeah, right. We were at a bar with a bunch of other bloggers actually, and uh, Kevin Slowey had been the hot topic of the. Of the summer, uh, it was the Twins were it was the summer of 2011 when the Twins were struggling, and everybody was, you know, is Kevin Slowey bad because Kevin Slowey just doesn't care, or was Kevin Slowey bad because the Twins messed him up, or what? Right? That was sort of a debate, yeah. and, and Aaron and I started arguing about it, giving each other a hard time about each other's positions uh, during during the blogger thing, and we we're at the table, and a bunch of people were laughing along with one side or the other at the, at, as it went on. And at the end of it, Aaron, you know, and I were walking back to our cars, and he said, you know, I've been thinking about doing a podcast. That would have made a good podcast. And I said, yeah, I've been thinking about doing a podcast. That would make a good podcast, too. And so uh, we said, well, let's keep in touch and see if we can figure something out. And we debated on the e- in an email a couple of times, I think, which way we wanted to go on it, and finally decided that we were going to record it in a bar. And I had took me a couple months to figure out a good technical setup, but once I got it, it worked well, and and uh, we started doing it, and it had a, a much bigger audience than either of us anticipated right away. So, um, so that, that's how it that's how it started up, and we decided to just keep doing it weekly. And I never, we never, I don't think either of us thought it would last 50 episodes, let alone 300 episodes, which is where we're at. We're at 350 episodes, which is where we're at, where now. In fact, in the first, I think maybe the third or fourth episode, we joked, we joked about. Uh, one of the few listeners being uh, Aaron's mom, sure. uh, Judy, <laughs> right? And, uh, <laughs> and 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 I said, well, you know, we should have Judy on the podcast. He said, yeah, we'll have her on the podcast on episode 500. That's a good idea. <laughs> and jokingly, <laughs> right? And now we're about yep. three years from Judy Gleeman being on the podcast. I'm very excited about it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's not that far away. Well, yeah, I, I I have to say I'm I'm a regular listener of that podcast too, and I I um. Outside of just the baseball talk, which is great on that show, uh, some of the parts I love about that show more than anything, and more than other podcasts or other radio shows I listen to or other um, outlets, I, I absolutely love the times where you and Aaron just completely disagree about something, and your banter yeah. between you. Like uh, I remember, I don't remember how long ago it was, but it was the show where you and he just did not agree about. Um, Terry Ryan being fired, and I was just curious. <laughs> yeah. Like that, that, that is a classic one. <laughs> you yeah, still chat about that once in a while. It was just hilarious to listen to on on my end, and I was curious, like, what's come of that as far as uh, what you hear from other people if they're saying the same things. Oh yeah, that's <laughs> one of the ones that a lot of people point to. I I tell you what, I mean, I don't know when you started listening, but my my perception is we've had a lot of episodes like that in the first one hundred. Mm-hmm. The first 100 or so episodes, uh, 
we would have a lot of fights. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and then we would go out and drink beer afterwards to sort of uh, <laughs> continue to bond. You know what I mean? Like to, so we're, sure. we're not walking away angry, you know? Um, <laughs> uh, and so uh, I, I, I think as we've worked together more, I think a couple things have. First of all, we're probably a little more sensitive to each other's, you know, <laughs> weird positions. Right, but I also sure. think the other one is that um, we we also sort of we, we often kind of were fighting what we real we recognized we were fighting about stuff that we didn't we really weren't that far apart on, you know. Uh, I, I remember the first I think one of the first off seasons. The, the example is that uh, we were talking we spent the whole off season arguing about the Detroit Tigers and how the Detroit Tigers were going to be. And his Eric's point was they're going to be a lot better than people think they're going to be. And my point was they're going to be a lot worse than people think they're going to be. Right. And then we got to the point where at one episode we said, uh, I think it was the over-under episode. Every year we we get the over-under number from Vegas. And uh, I think the over-under number was like 88 and a half. And Aaron was like, I, don't know, I might be misremembering this, but I think he was like, well, I think they're going to be at 88, so I'll take the under. And I said, well, I think they're going to be at 89, so I'll take the over. And we just, I mean, <laughs> we've been arguing exactly the opposite, but we were arguing against other points. Like, his point was, my, my point was, well, they're not going to be a 95 win team, they're going to be an 89 win team. And his point, well, they're not going to be an 85 win team, they're going to be an 88 win team. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We were arguing against, we were arguing against voices that weren't in the room. Mm -hmm. he was responding to people who thought who were really really down on the Tigers and I was responding to people who were really really up on the Tigers and it turns out we both had about the same evaluation of the Tigers sure but because we didn't know because we couldn't hear each other's voices we we made it sound like we were arguing with each other you know sure well that's part of the reason I love the sport of baseball in a lot of ways anyway because you can argue and come at it from different angles and even be uh, different backgrounds, different religions, different politics, and, and kind of argue about it and it be, uh, I don't know if safe is the right word, but it can be something that people can argue on and not necessarily uh, hurt another person's person or being because of it. Like yeah. everybody can enjoy baseball and, and, and see it in a different way. And that doesn't mean that you're wrong. Like I think about how my dad and my mom's dad always argued forever. And that, that's how I kind of grew up around baseball is because my dad would say Roberto Clemente was the best player that ever played. And my d- grandpa would say Lou Gehrig was the best player that ever played. And <laughs> neither of them were wrong or right. It was just their viewpoint of the world and how they saw the sport and how they grew up around it. And I always just kind of appreciated the quote unquote arguments, I guess. And it was fun to, to be a part of. And, and that's kind of why I like the, the podcast in a way too, just because you can argue and you're both not really necessarily a hundred percent right or wrong, but it's just, it's fun to be a part of, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's there's endless debates on that, um, and there's also like it's also just fun to to kind of argue sometimes or to give each other a hard time about stuff. You know, like that was one of the mm-hmm. that was one of the other goals that we had when we first started the podcast was you know it should be you know, just we both said you know when we're sitting around with our family or our friends, 
Mm-hmm. It's never a love fest. We're always, we're always busting each other's chops. Like, that's what you do with friends. Yeah. You bust, bust each other's chops. So we're going to do that during the podcast. Like, that's what we're going to do. We're, yeah. I'm going to give you a hard time, and you're going to give me a hard time about stuff. And, and that's going to be the fun of it, you know? So, mm-hmm. yeah, so that's been, that's been one of the core core tenets, of, core philosophies for since the beginning. Yeah, and, it, and it's good. You're not really... Uh, picking on each other to be mean, and that's not the point of it all. I think if right. you're really a truly a fan yeah, of the sport, you're not wanting to be like mean other, to somebody right. else. Sure. Yeah. That you that helps the other. listenership. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you're not going to be mean to somebody. You can say the worst things to somebody that you actually want to be around. <laughs> it's kind of nice that way. <laughs> right. Sure. Sure. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I, I had a couple other questions. One of them was uh, social media as a whole, and I was curious your thoughts on how you view social media and what you use it for in terms of Twins Daily. Like, how do how do you uh, what is your viewpoint of social media in where we are today as a, a society in terms of talking about whatever it is you want to get out there? Uh, I like social media. Um, I like it quite a bit. I mean, I think. I do think we as a society maybe need to uh, figure out how we're going to use it and what we're going to pay attention to on it and um, and how we're going to, to some extent, regulate it, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know uh, but I like, the, um, I like the power that it brings to those people who otherwise, who previously might not have had a voice, you know, a public voice. Sure. Um, uh, and you know that that doesn't mean I enjoy all the all the people who decide to use a public voice. Uh, there's some of them I think are mm-hmm. t- terrifying, terrible slash terrifying. Uh, but uh, I like I'm I side with the sort of um, the side that that would say let's let's have it out in the open and then you know we can we can go right back at them. Um, and, and go at go after their ideas. Uh, so I'm a big big fan of uh, social media. I mean, in the same way, well, I mean, blogs were blogs were social media uh, once upon a time. Mm-hmm. You know, they were sort of the the first step, a half step or quarter step towards things like Facebook and Twitter and such. And so um, I've always been a a fan of that sort of thing. And I think I think think there's something to be said for you know, being consistent and producing quality and uh, providing value, you do end up getting a, a following if you, if you do that. And I, I don't know that that follow to me, that following is every bit or if not more credible, uh, than, um, than being handed a big following because you got hired by a major media company or by a corporate media company, which is, you know, how it used to be, you know, I heard today uh, a um, somebody talking about how uh, so so Black Panther the movie is coming out right it was had 100 yeah. percent on yeah. Rotten Tomatoes up until I think sometime today somebody posted a negative review about Black Panther right and people were kind okay. of freaking or people were giving that person a hard time or I don't know I haven't seen all of the different things that they were going on about but basically you say condemning the the negative review right yeah <clears throat> and um. It, it, and somebody was saying, well, it's, that's not, it was a, uh, it was somebody saying, well, you know, 
that that's not fair to that person. We, we can all just let it go. We don't have to we don't have to uh, slam this person who had the one negative review of Black Panther. I thought, you know, I mean, that's true. We don't all have to slam that person. But uh, on the other hand, uh, you know, in, in the past, a columnist could take a contrary view, and there was really no downside for taking that contrary view. You know, mm-hmm. all it does is bring you good attention. Right? You take a contrary view. Everybody loves something. You can come out with a negative thing about it, and everybody says, oh, there's the curmudgeon. And you see this in sports all the mm-hmm. time. Right? Mm-hmm. There's really no downside to it. Well, now there's a downside to it. You know, if you're going to mm-hmm. spout off a contrary view because, frankly, you want the attention or because you're too lazy to come up with any other real good analysis and you're just going to say, I don't like it because everybody else likes it and it doesn't have enough fight sequences or something, whatever, whatever it is, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, yeah, you're going to hear about it. You know, you're going to be judged on that. It's going to hurt your credibility. You know, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. That's uh, yeah. that's that's not a bad bad result of that. Uh, so I, I I think there's a lot of things we still have to wrestle with, but I I'm a fan of the directions going. To me, it's more egalitarian in a lot of ways. No, I can see that too, and and um, I I kind of saw it a lot with like Hall of Fame voting being public, like it is the depending mm-hmm. on the, the writer that was putting their vote out there. Uh, if if Twitter land, basically, I don't know the other term, uh, appreciated the writer's ballot, uh, they were congratulated. And if there were differences of opinion, they were kind of called out for uh, not having the right opinion, depending on who was commenting on their ballot. And that, that was kind of confusing yeah. me to me to a sense, but it, it is just how the world is now, I guess. I don't know, more than anything. I don't know how to comment on it more than that, but it just was what it is. It's... Well, I mean, there's certainly a new level of accountability. Now, I mean, the downside of that is that there also can be sort of a mob mentality. Mm-hmm. You know, once something, you know, or a tribe, you know, a tribe mentality. You know, mm-hmm. good or you know, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna blast this person, or I'm afraid to take a stand on this because the mob is gonna come after me. Uh, whether it's mm-hmm. Gamergate or whatever, right? Uh, sure. Uh, but, but uh, you know, it, it, at least it's all out there. It's all public, you know. And that's, I think, I still think we're going to try to probably try and figure out how to best handle that. But you know, this is brand new stuff. You know, I don't think we'd figured out. I don't think we figured out libel and slander laws as soon as newspapers started publishing. You know, some of that stuff has got to be figured out as you go mm-hmm. along. And I think we're kind of at that point where we're we're trying to figure out this amazing new technology and this amazing new way of communicating to the public. And um, and you know, let's keep let's keep let's just rather than just condemn it, let's work with it, figure out the best way to to moderate to to have a to moderate it, have some moderation. Agreed. Well, uh, so we're getting close to the end of the hour, but um, what are the twins going to do in terms of their starting rotation? <laughs> I want your opinion on that. Put a, I'm put pretty a line sure they're going to sign you Darvish. I thought, I thought they were going to sign you Darvish. Were they going to sign you Darvish? Well, I, I just noticed they signed him right now on Twitter. It happened right now. Oh, really? As you were saying that, it was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm joking. That would, be, that would be super. <laughs> yeah, that would be pretty uh, great. <laughs> well, they're going to sign a pitcher is what they're going to do. Yeah. Uh, my my gut feel on it is that they don't get Darvish. 
they are um, they're gonna skip the next three. Uh, they'll uh, unless the prices or the years really really come down uh, on some of their pieces. Like if they can get Cobb or Lynn on a two-year deal, then you know all bets are off. But I don't see that happening, and uh, I think that instead they will try and find you know a Jaime Garcia or uh, Jason Vargas or I don't know exactly who else they might try and go, but they'll try and get a eight million dollar guy, ten million dollar a year guy, something like that, and keep their powder dry for the next chance to bring in an ace. Um, as opposed to tie themselves to a number three reliever or number three starter for the next four years. So uh, I think I think that's what that's my best guess on what we're going to see. If you know, sometime within the next week or two, I would think. Sure, and I I get that. Like, I, I think uh, a lot of people would be angry, and frankly, I could see why. But uh, I don't know that if you step back and look at the production that, say, Lance Lynn could give compared to a uh, healthy Jaime Garcia, I don't know that it's a huge difference. I guess in in at the end of the day, where you Darvish would be, but you Darvish has to want to agree to sign here, so you can't make somebody decide to do something or not, even if the money is equal. So yeah. I, I don't know. I, I'm kind of with you. Like if Alex Cobb's shoulder is fully healthy, he's probably not even available as a free agent. And you don't know where his health is. And Lance within St. Louis couldn't necessarily give him away at the deadline last year. And there's a reason that they're not getting offers and signing yet either where Darvish, I think is a different reason why he's still available. He's, looking for money that may or may not be available to him right now either. But I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of thinking like the Chris Tillman, Jaime Garcia level isn't that much different than the Lance Lynn level. And, and I can see why you would say they would look towards signing somebody to a shorter term deal. Isn't going to bring that much difference in production. Yeah, the, the only thing that I, the only caution I'll give on that, and I, I, I do kind of that, that's the sense I get, but I'm not, you know, I don't know for sure. Um, I will say this: that there's a reason the number two, number three, and number four guys haven't signed, mm-hmm. and, and that you know part of that reason is that they might think, well, the teams that are out of this, who don't get Darvish, are going to come down to us, but there aren't that many teams in on Darvish. I mean, it's basically mm-hmm. what the Brewers, the Cubs, and the Twins. It sounds like it doesn't sound like there's a lot more than that, right? Yeah, maybe the Astros, but yeah, right, right. Maybe the Astros, right? Maybe another one. Yeah, um, and it just does. It does sort of. It sort of senses that you would think that <laughs> those three are waiting because they expect because they've had some conversations with the teams that are waiting on Darvish, right? And those mm-hmm. conversations go something like, we would love to sign you, but we've got to wait on Darvish. So, you know, we would hope that you would wait until Darvish signs, and then we can then we can give you our best offer or mm-hmm. something like that. Uh, we, you're not going to get our best offer while Darvish is still out there. Because frankly, yeah. Right. So um, if that's the case, then, then it does suggest that maybe some of those players have heard, you know, of interest from the Twins or the Brewers, or, you know, some of those other teams. 
And some yeah. and that would suggest that you know the Twins could have some interest in in some of those players. It's it, 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 it's weird to me that not only has Darvish not signed, but that the other three yep. below Darvish haven't signed. It, mm-hmm. By this point, by this point, usually somebody's given an offer that they can't refuse to Arietta or Cobb or Lind. Mm-hmm. You know, so. Yeah, it's a confusing and unique offseason, and none of it makes any sense other than teams are just not wanting to spend for the free agent years when players didn't earn as much when they were younger under team control and they want to be paid for the years they already contributed. And I think that's yeah, yeah. I think that's where the, the fight is going to be going forward. That's just my opinion, I guess. Yeah, but. yeah it might be. I mean, I... I have trouble figuring out exactly where the fight is going to be on the CBA, but it could be that there's a – my, my sense has been that one of the reasons the owners and the CBA have been uh, – the, owner, the owners and players of the CBA have, been, ha, have had easygoing CBAs because everything just keeps going up. You know, the money just keeps going up. Uh, Major League Baseball had the MLB uh, uh, Advanced Media, MLB AM, uh, sure. a subsidiary that was just making money hand over fist and gaining in value hand over fist uh, for the last 20 years. Uh, and so nobody wanted, everybody was happy with how much they were making. So nobody really wanted to rock the boat one much one way or the other. It feels mm-hmm. like this is maybe a turning point in terms of, oh, the owners are real still happy with how much they're making, but the players aren't nearly <laughs> as happy with what they're making. And so, so yeah. now what? You know, now uh, how does it how does it shift? Sure, and yeah, it, I I have a hard time also just seeing like what leverage the players believe they have in in terms of this year because the CBA doesn't run out until what twenty 2020 twenty or twenty twenty one, like there's just not a lot they can do other than right well, no. uh, causing a stink there's about it. There's nothing they can do complaining this year. In the no. media. There's nothing they can do yeah. this year. But but and in a sense, the story might be completely different next year. I mean, yeah. for all the hand wringing that's going on right now about how come nobody's getting big offers? Why do we still have all these guys on the market? Next year, the headlines are going to be how the hell can anybody? You know, how can we be? How can we afford to pay Bryce Harper four hundred million dollars? Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> and then it might, or the story might be, how can the Rays possibly commit? Possibly. Uh, be competitive when the Yankees can go out and spend $400 million on Bryce Harper, you know, yeah. which is, you know, uh, and then, and then we'll see Manny Machado get, you know, $350 million or something like that. Like we could be mm-hmm. setting record. We could have, we will probably have record setting contracts next off season. Right. Yeah. Well then is anybody going to remember that this year, everybody felt like the payroll went down? No. <laughs> oh, no way you remember that. We're going to be taking a look at record setting contracts, you know? So, we'll see. I agree. Well, yeah, I, I just, I, I kind of said it before, but I just wanted to thank you for your time. I really appreciate you coming on and chatting with me. This was really fun. And um, I guess one last time, if, I'm, I'm fairly certain everybody that listens to this show that I do knows who you are, but if you could give your name and Twitter handle one more time. I'd I'd appreciate it. So you can say who you are. Sure, sure. Uh, John Bonus, uh, B O N N E S. My Twitter handle is at Twins Geek. 
and uh, occasionally you'll find me. Our our uh, podcast is gleemanandthegeek.com, and the website is twinsdaily.com. So, sure. Well, yeah, I uh, thank you for your time, and I, I hope to chat again soon. And and we have a good night. Yeah, thank you very much for the opportunity to come out and talk to you. It was good to talk to you, and uh, I'm real sorry I was late. So. I'm looking, for, yeah, no, looking forward no to hearing problem. how you tap dance Absolutely. for those first no eight problem. minutes. <laughs> yeah. All right. No, I, I just kind of rambled on, so that's that's absolutely no problem. I appreciate <laughs> it. So. <laughs> All right. Take care. Have a good night. Yeah, you too. Bye-bye.